0: All your base are belong to us. Hello, and welcome to Fake Geek Girls, a podcast looking at nerdy pop culture from both a fan and critical perspective, encouraging the things we love to do better. I'm Missy, I'm a writer, and I've had the week from hell, and I think I have food poisoning. So I feel like every opening is... Life is hard. Yeah, it's been a long time since I feel like I've had a week that wasn't from hell. Uh, And this one has continued the trend.
1: I'm Mary. I'm a marketer. I have not had a week from hell, Um, luckily. So I just miss ease. Just vibing. Emotional support
0: animal. Yeah. We are here today. caught that vibe. (laughs) We are here today to tell you about what we've been up to. Uh, And the answer is not much because uh, there's a lot of TV that we are covering in the near future. And that means my free time is entirely consumed with watching TV for the podcast. So the things I've watched a lot of skins, I've watched the show Constantine. uh, And that has left me with little time to do anything else. So it's going to be a short one. Uh, You want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. I read the book Scarred by Emily McIntyre.
1: I read one of her books, I don't know if I, I think I talked about it, um, previous, called Hooked, and these are retail, very extremely loose retellings of, uh, the, Hooked was about, was Peter Pan, and then this one is The Lion King. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then the, this so Scarred is about a girl, she, uh, is raised to kill this line of um, royals, and so she's
0: arranged to be married to the king. So it's a wait, so it's a retelling of the Lion King, not of Hamlet, which the Lion King is a retelling of?
1: It would probably it would be like both. Um mm-hmm. but but there's also like the per- the king's brother has like a scar and okay. and the rebels are called hyenas <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so like and like so yeah so she she goes to the arranged marriage and oops she falls in love with the absolute psychopath
0: brother wait who's timon and pumbaa in this Story. I don't know if Timon and Pumbaa is there, but then it's not the fucking Lion King. Simon, who's supposed to be Simba. Oh my God, are Timon and Pumbaa like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? It's been a while since I read Hamlet. It's been
1: too long that I cannot tell you. Hmm uh no there's like a there's a little boy his name is simon and he um is they so briefly touch on not on simon but they so briefly touch on this he is not only um a bastard of he's not only a bastard of the king he's also black and so like he can't rule whatever but they call him like little lion and he wants the tattoos that his uncle has um who is god what is his name scar it's not scar oscar (laughs) that's what it should have been it should have been but yeah so she oops she falls in love with him he's totally like he is it's really weird because so in hooked i thought the i thought the romance like was a good progression of like it made sense that he like they fall in love And that, but this one was like, suddenly he's in love with her. Suddenly he's willing to let himself die for her, as opposed to like literally a couple chapters before was like, well, you know, I like her, but I definitely have to kill her. So it was, it was. It was weird, but anyway, so she finds out there's these rebels. Um, they call themselves so their hyenas, which is a derogatory word, but um, they ended up like taking it for their own, and they have to overthrow the monarchy. And then the prince will actually be the one in charge. And it's it's a wild ride, guys. Mm-hmm. It's a wild ride, and uh, the prince is not completely unlikable, but he has. He has such his he's inconsistent because there's I can get behind like he has like little empathy, like he's he's using the rebels to get what he wants. He doesn't actually necessarily care about like giving them a better life, but then he does care and he does have empathy and I'm like, you just gotta choose one. He either's a psychopath that she falls in love with, or he's like a bad guy, but like really a good guy. Um, which is what it ended up being and um, just stay consistent. That's all I really, that's all I really would have wanted. Um, I didn't like it as much as I liked Hooked, um, but I still liked it. It still was a breeze to read and um, fun retelling, <laughs> very loose retelling of um, of. Lion King and I would she has another one coming out but I don't know what it is and if you want to go read it uh, I think the trigger warnings are on there but definitely check them I didn't think anything was too bad um I don't think anything was crazy uh but definitely check them I think she has them on there um or at least a link to the trigger warnings um I think these books are a really good good example of when there should be trigger (laughs) warnings (laughs) Um, because these men are not supposed to be good. Um, it was really weird in Hook, though, because the main girl's name was Wendy and her dad was Peter.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: and then James was Hook, um, but he did not have a Hook hand. Cowardice. I know, right? Absolute cowardice. He didn't have a Hook hand. Um, I
0: liked that book better, but this one was good, too. I'm appalled.
1: Well, at least Scar had a giant
0: scar. Yeah, well, you know, that's easy. Let him have a hook. It is, it is. Let have a hook. I read One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. I needed this this week, did you? Did you love When She Loved Ryan? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, what I knew. It's a perfect book. Oh, my God. I kept reading snippets to my husband because there were so many... Uh, so many things in it like this author does
1: steamy really well for me yeah there's not really like it's not spicy but it feels very intimate so yeah feels that way like when they first have sex I was like
0: this is I should I be
1: here for this this feels really intimate
0: Uh, there's some deep cut lost references oh my gosh in it uh, which I was reading to my husband because my husband loves lost Uh, like they reference the constant which like is the name of an episode and yeah some deep cuts there were a lot of people from lost in Constantine too (laughs) like I feel like I'm being orbited by lost which is very scary because I know at some point my husband's going to commission us to do lost (laughs) I've watched like two episodes of it I've seen the whole thing I watched the first two seasons when they came out Mm. um but the third season I didn't care for so I stopped watching it's it's an interesting show Mm. I will give it that it is interesting um Anyway, one last stop is a romance novel about August, the daughter of a woman who is obsessed with finding her brother who may have died, probably died, um, but she doesn't know how. So she has raised August to be very distant from other people and to like prioritize her information gathering over all else. August doesn't have any close relationships with anybody. She moves to New York and ends up moving in with these... Uh, Amazing people. rowdy queer pe- rowdy queer folks. That's that's the best way I can put it. They're spectacular. She ends up moving in with them, and they get her a job at this uh pancake diner. I want to go. And um, she ends up she takes the queue line uh all of like from home to work and so on. And she ends up finding on the queue line this like really hot butch girl, um, and she lo and behold it turns out really hot butch girl her name is jane she is uh she is misplaced in time she cannot get off the queue she is stuck there she is from 1975 i think or 1976 um, and she is stuck on the queue and can't get out um but through her relationship with jane she starts to have a cl- or through her relationship with august she starts to have a like a stronger hold on who she is and they Are disaster girls who can't tell that they're in love with each other until they clearly are. Uh, Anyway, book.
1: I literally finished. I was like, "This is a book for my seat." It was time travel. We have a mm -hmm. heist. Uh huh. Time heist detective. I mean, it's so, and we have good references.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really, it was really, really enjoyable. I don't think this is a book that's going to challenge you in any way, but it is a book that's going to make you feel warm and fuzzy all over the place. Um, I think that probably, I think what sets this, there's a couple things that set this book apart from a lot of romance books to me. And one of them is very obvious, which is that it is a romance between two women. Um, I have not read a lot of sex scenes between two women Uh, and it was pretty like it wasn't until there's a there's several sex scenes in the book, but it was the last one where I was like, this is actually this is kind of wild to read. I've not really thought about the fact that I have not read um, a sex scene between two people with vaginas before in a published book and to have the emphasis on their bodies in this very specific way. I was like, this is like, this is one of those things where I'm just kind of like, oh, I never realized this, that this is something that I didn't have access to or like that, like this, this should be a normal thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously that stood out. Um, But the second thing I think worked that I think elevated this above a lot of like similar romance books not queer romance but just like romance uh, elevated above a lot of romance books for me was the emphasis on queer history um because this is something that goes overlooked uh a lot in part because you know queer history has been like traditionally censored for one thing it's hard to get access to if you're not part of the queer community if you're not actively looking for it um and to see it so deftly woven into this romance story these ideas of like Jane fought so hard in her time for equality and it wasn't like she actually got to see the, the, the um, results of her efforts by, you know, through time travel, which is not something that happens, I would say to the majority of queer folks. Um, And also to have her like outrage about things like the upstairs fire um, and the, like that kind of thing. Like it was really, I thought that was really, really effective to have that, to have that be such a core part of the story. Um, Again, I don't think it's really going to challenge you, but I think that especially for readers who are younger than me, um, who grew up in a time that is, you know, not certainly not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it is at least more accepting of people with different gender and sexual identities. um, I think that that's really important because it's easy It is kind of easy to look back on the past and look back at like queer elders who have different ideas about things and be like, why can't you get with the times? And I think that it is good for those of us who are younger to understand the different circumstances that they come from, Um, which is not to say that like, listen to your queer elders, they're always right. So much as it is to say, like, understand that we are coming from two completely different time periods and two completely different perspectives. Um, And it took a lot of bravery to be outwardly queer in, you know, the seventies and eighties in a way that is different from what it means to be outwardly queer now. Um, So I thought that was really effective and the book overall is, is very sweet, very cute. Um, There are parts of it I liked more than others. I thought the characters were really effective. I thought we could have toned the quippiness down (laughs) a, a couple dials. There's a bit too many quips. It's very funny. McQuiston is a very, very funny writer. Very clever. Um, I I liked all of her references. I yes, I too love the OC. <laughs> like yes, I'm here for it. I lo- I like it was very funny. Um, and it wasn't like it took away from the book, but I I would have liked a little more talking to one another rather than at one another. <laughs> um, but overall, the book is super super enjoyable. It's super fun. If you need a light fun. Uh, queer romance then this is a good one it is on this i i I don't think it's especially spicy but as you talked about before and as you talked about with red white and royal blue as well um the intimacy between Mm -hmm. the characters is really what i think brings like elevates it from being just like a rote sex scene to being something that feels really Um, Not profound, but feels really uh, impactful in a way that, you know, is not it's not necessarily like they're having really crazy sex or anything like that. It's more so that they're having really meaningful sex. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that that is that is something that I value in a book like I I would rather read, you know, two people who are like really meaningfully connected to one another than the spiciest wild stuff going on where I don't give a shit about the characters. Yeah, so there's
1: a time and a place. And I I think that she just does that intimacy so well. Yeah. Because I felt it in in Red, White, and Royal Blue, and I felt it in this where I just feel like I don't know if I should be here for this.
0: Yeah. There was no way I was coming out of that book not in love with Jane myself. I know. I know. I I'm just I just I'm like miss gonna love this but there was no way I could come out of that book not loving Jane now I feel like I too am in love with Jane
1: (laughs) I feel like you're probably not the only one
0: I'm not gonna I wouldn't break August and Jane up but like maybe they'll be open I've got I've got a crush on Jane so and I'm right
1: (laughs) she is pretty awesome
0: yeah I cried
1: like through the whole last worth of that book there was so much sadness in in the history of like the stories of what was happening and it was just like it kind of like it kind of reminds me of um, gone home yeah that's where it's like you think it's gonna be really sad and then it's not and then it's just like
0: (sighs) <laughs> just for I would say the first third of this book, I was like, I kind of hope it ends bittersweet. Like I kind of hope it ends bittersweet. I was I was kind of yeah. rooting for it. And then I got to the point where it does feel bittersweet and I was like, No. No, actually, I actually want a happy ending. <laughs> I know. <laughs> let me have this. Let me, just let me have this. And she did. Yeah. It was it was a joy. It was a joy. Uh I think that it was delightful and If you want just a sweet, fun, queer romance, it was wonderful. Um, It's, again, it's not going to challenge you. Mm -mm. You are probably already, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already on board with the ideas in the book. You're probably like, yeah, fuck gentrification. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like, treat people with dignity. And queer history is awesome like you're probably already on board with that stuff so it's not gonna like radicalize you or anything but um but sometimes you just want to read something sweet and fun that's gonna like make you feel good and be like i agree with you this book is is a safe place for you to be and enjoy yourself and escape to um and i think it, it it accomplished that goal now you got to put Red, White, and Royal Blue on your list. It is on. It is on okay, my
1: list because it is also. I think I don't think you'll like it as much as this one because this one was so tailored to you.
0: <laughs> like
1: at the time, I remember reading, be like, "There's a fucking time heist, are time you, travel heists." Like, are you private detectives? This, I'm like, this is just the book for me. So I don't think you'll like it as much as this one, but it's it has that same feel of like it's light and fluffy and good, and the the characters are great, and um, it's really good. But good. yeah good books um i finished the season of book of boba also you could be called uh mandalorian um 2.5 because there's like three episodes like two of the episodes only focus on the mandalorian like only and it's not that like i ain't okay so let me start from the beginning book of boba is about Boba Fett and he goes back to um Tatooine and he takes over the land the area that Jabba the Hutt was ruling since he is dead now killed by uh you know Princess Leia being awesome and so it's like up for grabs and he goes in and he's with Fennec who is played by Ming-Na Wen who doesn't age um and it's just so hot and I can't I can't handle it and um, I just don't know how she does it. And I liked this show. I had some issues with this show. I just like I'm never I've never. OK, I shouldn't say that. I'm not a fan of adult Boba Fett. I am a huge fan of teen Boba Fett because he is the biggest shit you've ever met. He is just annoying and and just he's just a little shit and I love that I want I want there to be little shit Boba (sighs) and in this he becomes a good guy and I'm like I just don't know if I want Boba Fett to be a good guy like I don't. I don't know if I want that in the beginning you find out after he escaped that he was um, captured by Tuscan Raiders and they, they raised him to, and they took him in and eventually he learned to fight with them and how to fight. And it was this very, it was a really good story of him bonding with these people um, in a way he can't speak their language. Um, and I don't know if they can speak his, but, or they can understand his, I think. Um, but that was really good but he tries to be this good guy and i'm like i'm just i don't know if i'm here for good guy boba fett Mm. fennec not so much fennec is like what if we just like kill them all and he's like we can't do that um at one point he's given a baby rancor and i said if this man does not ride that rancor by the end of the show i'm never watching star wars again spoilers He rides the Rancor and it is, I mean, it's like, it's literally like, um, King Kong, like literally the Rancor gets on top of a thing and like puts his arm out and stuff like he's King Kong. It's great. Um, but like I was saying about, uh, two thirds of the way into the, into the show, Mandalorian shows up, which is cool. Great. But then like two episodes are just like literally just the Mandalorian. And that's uh, cool. I like The Mandalorian, but I, and it's not that I even really liked Boba Fett, the, the Boba Fett show. I liked it, but I wasn't like super into it. I
0: just thought it was, I thought it was, it's just, stop, stop. <laughs> just don't do that. I, it's so interesting to me. I feel like they, like Lucasfilm, Disney really thought that, that Rise of Skywalker was gonna like really make everybody really yep. hungry for more Star Wars. And in fact, I feel like we're, Yep, we've reached saturation. We're done. I think
1: that they may have been afraid that Book of Boba wasn't going to do well, or mm. like, or people wouldn't like it, and so they brought in the Mandalorian to like entice people in. It is done by Robert Rodriguez, and um, I appreciate that because the best part of this show is the teen motorcycle gang. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. I love them. They're so corny. They are. They are um, modified like teenagers so like they have a lot of um like the girl has a mechanical arm one guy has like a laser eye and stuff like that and they ride these really cool they're driving motorcycles they're fucking vespas and they're a vespa street gang and boba fett takes them in and i'm here for the vespa teen street gang i don't care everyone a lot of people didn't like it and i just as many people know, Clone Wars is my Star Wars. Like, I love Star Wars, but when it comes down to it, Clone Wars is is what, where it's at for me. And it felt very Clone Wars. And it felt like I could be watching Clone Wars. Like, I can't wait to watch the Clone Wars episodes with the Vespa teen street gang. Um, so, like, for me, it worked. And it also worked, I think, because it was Robert Rodriguez. I'm like, this, yeah, Spy Kids.
0: Yeah, Robert like, this Rodriguez, works. Robert Rodriguez is like, you know what would be cool? <laughs> And then he does it, and you watch it, and you're like, "Man, you're right. That was fucking cool." Yeah, I just, I just loved it, and I can't wait. Like, I want shows with them, especially
1: the girl, and I just really appreciated that. Um, this is huge spoilers, so if you don't want to know spoilers, um, it's also huge spoilers. I'm leaving for the Mandalorian. Um, I'm kidding. I'm not <laughs> in the episode <laughs> with the Mandalorian. Uh, he has to bring this little package. Um, he brings it to Grogu. And um, he's not allowed to see Grogu because Grogu is um, a little bitch. A little bitch. No, <laughs> Luke is a little bitch. He's 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 being taught by Luke, and um, Ahsoka is there. Um, I've gotten a little bit better. I still don't like her. I still just, I her look. I can't do it. Anyways, um, and she's like. He's having a hard time not seeing you, so we can't let him see you. And I was like, wow, guys. And then he's like, well, I'm giving him this because he is part of my clan. And he, this, is, this is what he deserves. And it's like a little chain mail. <laughs> and um, Luke, being the little bitch that he is, <laughs> is like, Grogu, sit down. I have this for you. And it was the chain mail. And he goes, you can take that. Or I have this lightsaber that was Yoda's and you can t- or you can take that if you choose the chainmail you must leave <laughs> if you choose the lightsaber you can never leave <laughs> and i'm just like what a little shit what the biggest piece of shit ever i was so mad i was like that is such a mean thing to do like grogu by all means is like 5 <laughs> Like, how, and like, you see scenes of him watching Luke, like, use a lightsaber, and like, any of us are like in awe of it. It's just like really cool. And he also sees Luke, um, lift all the frogs in the, in where they are up into the air. Um, how are they doing Luke? It's the whole, like, um, what they did in like a uh, uh, rogue one. I don't know what it's called. Stop! You know, it's not that bad. You just can't look really hard. <laughs> just stop. It's, it's, it, you just can't look really hard. Jesus. Um, it's not awful, but there, there was a moment that I got choked up when, um, Ahsoka says to Luke, Luke does something and she goes, it's just like your father. And it's like, Oh, you just hurt me so bad you just hurt me so bad because one of the things i really wanted to see was ahsoka interacting with um luke and leia um especially like i know like yes luke but like i especially wanted her to interact with leia because i because i feel like their values are aligned so well and i feel like she would just be so in love with leia she would love luke too but like she creates a really good bond with Padme in Clone Wars that I think, like that relationship would have just been spectacular. Anyways, but not see 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 like the Mandalorian just took over Boba like it's just frustrating. Um, spoilers. Uh, Grogu cho- chooses the chainmail, <laughs> which I'm just like, yes, thank you very much, thank you. Um, and ends up showing up and uh. Uh, fly, he doesn't fly the X-Wing but I'm choosing that he flo- flew the X-Wing RTD2 flew the X-Wing but I'm, I'm choosing to believe that Grogu flew the X-Wing and it was so funny because he gets out and the lady who fixes ships is there and and R2 tells her like oh because she was calling him little child or something like that. I don't know. She was calling him a baby. And uh, Archie just like, his name's Groku. She goes, that's a terrible name. I'm absolutely not calling you that. And I was like, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, I thought the show was good. I thought a lot of the, like, the Mandalorian stuff I liked. But I thought it was mean <laughs> to put it in there. <laughs> like, let the show be the show. It's called The Book of Boba. And I was reading a few things. I try not to read too much of people justifying it. And uh, a couple people who I know that are, like, um, very big, like, um, a lot of the people I follow, obviously, like, The Last Jedi and things like that were, like, how <laughs> how dare you get mad at us for saying this? And then you just, like, and because they were saying, like, it doesn't really fit. It's called The Book of Boba. And they were, and these fanboys were just trying to justify it. And she's like, it's called The Book of Boba. How, like, how can you get mad at me for saying that? Mandalorian shouldn't be in it, and like not just not in it, but like entire episode without Boba in it. So uh, it was good. I liked it. Fennec is still superior to Boba. Let them be evil. I'm like let let me watch a story of evil people. Oh, the best thing happened in it though. (laughs) My husband was like, "Don't don't read." This was like last week. He's like, "Don't read anything about Boba because there's a character in it." And you can't know who it is. I need you to not know. And I was like, who the fuck is it? And I was like, is it Ahsoka? And he goes, no. It w- like Ahsoka was ended up being it. He didn't know. And I'm just like, who is it? And then uh, they go to this town, which is now called Freetown, and it's from the Mandalorian episode. And the guy, <laughs> uh, Timothy Oliphant, is in it, and uh, he's like, the sheriff of the town timothy he plays the same character he plays in justified like literally the same <laughs> and um something happens and this guy starts walking up and i was like holy shit holy shit it's cad bane it's fucking cad bane who i absolutely love because he's just they just let him be bad like they just the whole episode's More with like him bad bane am i right yeah, it's true it's true and he looked i know some people didn't like how he looked but i thought he looked great i thought he looked amazing um spoilers they kill him and i'm mad (laughs) he's such a good character he's so interesting and he just looks cool and i was so pumped that they brought him in i was so pumped um so i was really excited about that that was probably one of my favorite parts of the whole (laughs) season
0: anyways yeah boba uh i read lucifer volume one which is by Scott Hampton Peter Gross Mike Carey And others Remember how in the last time in the episode on Hellblazer I talked about the fact that So many fucking yeah. people Work on comics Prime example here Is Lucifer um, Lucifer is a spinoff Of Sandman um, Because in Sandman uh, Lucifer Yes that one uh, Gets bored of ruling hell And he's like Hey hey guys I'm out Peace uh, And he starts a piano bar in LA uh, Which is great and so, what the thing I really liked about the comic is like there is kind of a, a through line plot, but what I actually really liked about it was the fact that Lucifer is ostensibly the main character, but also not. It's kind of stories into which Lucifer drops in and out. <laughs> um, sometimes you follow Lucifer, but a lot of times you are instead following other characters whose lives are impacted um, in, in a very similar way to Hellblazer, people whose lives are impacted by the dealings of the supernatural, um, but who don't necessarily like want that. They just end up involved for one reason or another. Um, And I thought that was, I really liked that. I like the fact that we had a series titled after a character who is not necessarily the main character of the series. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Um, I definitely liked it. I didn't love it. Um, And I don't, I can't quite put my finger on, what it is I didn't love about it other than that like it just didn't it didn't grab me the same way that Hellblazer or Sandman did um but I have read some of Mike Carey's other work and I really liked it so it's this is no hate on Mike Carey I think this one just I didn't fall in love with the same way um but uh there's some stuff in it where I was like this is a product of its time isn't it (laughs) um but overall I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I feel like if you like if you like Vertigo comics, you'll probably like this in some fashion. Um Constantine does make a cameo appearance, uh, which I should have expected but didn't. Um it's like at the piano bar Lucifer has a gate to the void as one does. Uh, and everyone in their mother is come is coming trying to get control of this gate to the void. And Constantine is there, and somebody's like, "What are you doing here? You want this void?" And he's like, "No, I just want to watch the chaos unfold." And I was like, "That's good, I'll take that." Um, but yeah, overall enjoyable. Not my favorite, um, but you know, it was it was directly following on the heels of me rereading *Hellblazer*, so. What are you going to do? It's
1: hard to overcome.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to follow one of my favorite comics of all time. So, you know,
1: but enjoyable. I watched the Netflix show Archive 81, which is based off of a podcast. And I was like, this, this show looks really like I'd like it, but it's super spooky. So I made my husband watch it with me. And it was super spooky, but it was just enough. Like I could sleep at night. Um, it is about a man who is hired to um, stay at this house in the middle of the woods. He's given $100,000 to do this. And <laughs> What would you do, Mary? I would have said no. I mean, $100,000. <laughs> I always think about that since you <sighs> mentioned <laughs> He does it all the time. What would you do? <laughs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> the best thing is, I think, last night or the night before, I said, what would you do? He goes, I
0: don't know. <laughs> <sighs> Ugh, it's so annoying. I did it to Josh that night, but I think we were watching Skins or something. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: So he's hired to fix these tapes that have been burned um, because that's like what he does is super specialty is fixing tapes. And as he's fixing the tapes, he obviously watches them. And it is this woman in like 1994 who is doing her dissertation on a apartment called the viscer in new york um the viscer the viscer like
0: Visser three
1: that's all i could think of the entire <laughs> time so yeah that's probably why the other day when i was like oh man i don't know if i texted you about it but i just kept thinking about the cat and the viscer
0: <laughs> i think you did and i forgot to respond <laughs> i just was
1: thinking about it and i was just like god it's such a good show um anyways so she is doing her dissertation on this apartment building, you come to find out um she's really looking for not really looking she is doing the dissertation but she's looking for her mother because she was orphaned in a she was dropped off at a church with just like a necklace and um she got this like I don't know she got something that was like come to the viscer essentially. And when she's there, she records everything and some weird shit starts happening. Like music that like hurts for her to listen to. She sees, she, I mean, she straight up sees a cult up in the basement who it consists of everybody there and in, in the apartment and like praying to this weird statue um, of like a weird alien thing, which is the, what you see in the, in the preview um, on Netflix. And, um, as he's watching these things, like it starts getting weirder and weirder where he is. And they, um, through it, they had mentioned he had previously had like a mental breakdown and had to go to a, like a, a psychiatric facility. Um, he had lost his parents in a fire, uh, early in his life. And, uh, so he's just kind of sensitive boy and he starts like seeing things. Um, Things like talking to him through the video and he calls his friend who does a like spooky horror podcast and they start working together to try to figure out like this mystery of like what's going on. And um, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I definitely can't wait for season two, which will probably come out in like three years, which sucks. Um, It was spooky, but just spooky enough. It had that good, good occult stuff. And um, not like religious stuff, but I was super into it. It eventually had witches, down with witches. I had alien demons, down with alien demons. <laughs> um, other worlds, down with other worlds. Um, but yeah, I really, I really liked it. I thought it was good. If you like that
0: all that stuff, <laughs> then you'd probably like it too. Nice. The last thing I have is going to be really short. Uh, I've been listening to Song Exploder. I'm still on my uh, listening to podcast from fucking 2015 (laughs) kick. Uh, Song Exploder is a podcast where the host uh, Rishikesh Hirwe interviews um, different musicians about a song from them. And they take the song apart so like you can hear the like very specific pieces of it and how the whole thing came together. So the story behind the song, but also parts of the song in isolation that you wouldn't otherwise hear. So they do that using the master. So like you can hear just the piano part or just the backing vocals, that kind of thing. Like I didn't know that in the district street seeps. the district sleeps alone tonight by the postal service that Jenny Lewis from Rilo Kylie does backing vocals. And once I learned that it was like fucking my brain exploded because I was like, Holy shit. I love Jenny Lewis. It's no surprise that I fucking love this song by the postal service. Um, So if you really like music and you're interested in like how music gets put together, I think it's really great for that. Um, I know there are some songs that I have listened that like I've listened to the Song Exploder episode on it, and it has like totally changed my perspective on that song. Um, One, a couple of them are the "Time to Pretend" by MGMT episode, which, by the way, quick sidebar here: in the in Skins, you can watch it on Hulu. The final the final scene is supposed to have time to pretend by MGMT playing over it, but I'm, I, they must've replaced it due to rights issues. Mm. So they've replaced it with a different song and it's like buck wild. I was like, why do I remember this? So, uh, so intensely being time to pretend and it's not. And it's because they changed it for the show. But anyway, in, in the song Explorer episode, they, they talk about the fact that, um, time to pretend samples ABBA. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, And I didn't know that until I listened to it. And now I can't not hear the ABBA sample (laughs) in it. Um, They also did one of, I can't remember which Carly Rae Jepsen song it was, but they did a Carly Rae Jepsen song and um, it totally changed my appreciation of that song. It wasn't my favorite, one of my favorite songs and it's still not one of my favorite songs, but I have a new appreciation for like how the song was put together. And I can like hear the different layers of sounds that go into it. (laughs) Um, so it's a really great podcast if you like music and they cover a wide variety of types of music I think right now I'm listening to the episode on the theme from The Martian
1: Huh.
0: Um, the episode on the theme to Legend of Korra was also really mm. good um, so if you like again if you like music or you're interested in like how music is put together I think it's I think it's really good um, I've also been listening to I'm still listening to um philosophize this I just listened to the series on the Frankfurt School which was really good I've the Frankfurt School is one of the things I heard about a lot but I don't really know that much about it like it's one of the things I looked at the Wikipedia page and then I was like okay and then I moved on with my life um but I thought the series on it was really effective and um I think works really well with a like a lot of my own beliefs and a lot of questions that I have um and one of the things I think is effective about Philosophize This is that it can like lead you, like if something interests you from a particular philosopher, then you could be like, oh, that interests me. I'm going to dive more into that, which is precisely what I plan to do with the Frankfurt School and Marcusa in particular. Cool. Um, so yeah, I've been slowly listening to podcasts from 2015 and 2017. That's crazy. It's I have a very specific way of getting through my podcasts and it's because I want to get through them. But I don't want to get lost, especially yeah. when I'm listening to ones with narratives or like Philosophize This, where I have like schools of thought where it helps yeah. me to have the previous one. So I listen to I listen to them in order, but I listen to five episodes at a time so I don't get bored.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the issue is that while well, we both do this, try to consume too much media.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have a lot of time for podcasts anymore because I don't drive. Yeah, um, So I mostly listen in the shower or while I'm cleaning. So it's not really dedicated time, but yeah, song exploder. It's a good podcast. It's a good, it's a good podcast. If you like that kind of thing, you should check it out. And also the best thing about it. Episodes are like 15 minutes long. That is nice. You uh, says, says us, me desperately trying to figure out how to cut six minutes out of the hellblazer episode. (sighs) So it's less than two hours.
1: (sighs) Yeah. If you listen to our
0: whole podcast, you're a champion. You're a champion.
1: Yeah. You should go get yourself a Starbucks. Mm hmm. Get yourself a sandwich. Um, go get yourself a soft serve from McDonald's. Mm hmm. You've you just won. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it's it. A it's a lot of listening to it's us. It's like homework. <laughs> it's it can kind of be. like homework. <laughs> it can be. Imagine if we weren't funny. I know. No one would listen to us. Yeah. It'd be so depressing. I well, I don't think I'm funny, so I think you're funny. Thank you. I'm not friends with unfunny people.
0: I thank you. If you're
1: unfunny, I immediately look and you go unfriended.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of my I think one of my best traits is the fact that I like it doesn't matter if I'm not funny because I think everything is funny.
1: So, so now all of
0: us think that we're hilarious? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're just really funny. Oh, I love having the weakest sense of humor like i choose to
1: believe you have a strong sense of humor and that's just
0: proves i'm really funny well i think well this is the thing everybody around me is very funny if i watch stand-up i'm not laughing at all exactly because we're funny i'm stony faced this is not funny to me i could be like oh that's very clever but i did i didn't laugh it's because we are funny we're so funny it's true i mean i would agree if you agree, give us
1: a review <laughs> and be like, it's "So funny, so funny!" And everyone who reads it will be like, "That's a weird review," and we'll be like, "Yes, that's right. We are Culture. so funny,
0: so funny." Um, thanks. God, I can't believe who's listening to us. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. 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 Uh, thanks. That's it for the end for this episode you can find us online at com, where all of our other very funny episodes are up for you to listen to i mean not all of them jurassic park was pretty depressing i think night in the woods was was uh that was a heartfelt episode we were both crying yeah
1: that was yeah
0: um sometimes we laugh sometimes we cry show up to figure out which one it is yeah you never know um <laughs> fakeygirlscast girls talk fucking fakeygirlscast.com is where you can find us you can also find a link to our podcast network penwich studio the best name studio out there um if you like us consider joining our patreon small donation per month can get you cool things like uh access to our curated playlists every month they're really good i Keep forgetting to make them lately because my life is in shambles. And so what happens is I look at every song I've liked over the last month and then I throw it in a playlist with no regard to what's on there.
1: Oh, I do. That's what I usually do. I look at what I'm listening
0: to currently and I just put it on there. Well, the thing is, I like a lot of songs after I listen to them one time. Mm. So sometimes I go, I liked it. So onto the playlist it goes. <laughs> um, I So, yeah, you can get that. You could get a postcard in the mail. Which is pretty pretty sick. Pretty we have to do sick. that today, actually. Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, and um, you can get access to our outlines where you can learn how much of this podcast is scripted. <laughs> peak ninety nine percent. Peak behind the curtain. Basically, if Missy's talking, it's scripted. If I'm talking, it's not. Mary's <laughs> pure off the dome. I'm like somebody is going to hear me and misinterpret me, or I'm going to say something wrong. Let me tell you, I was listening to philosophize this, and they were talking about Camus. And talking specifically about the myth of Sisyphus, which we talked about in the Hades episode, and he got midway through his explanation and he took something different away from it. And I was like, oh, my God, I embarrassed myself on the episode. Oh, my God, I misunderstood the myth of this S- Sisyphus. And I was like in the shower, like <laughs> sweating, like, oh, my God, I misunderstood Camus. How embarrassing. And then like he got further into the explanation. It was exactly what I said. And I was like, oh, phew. Thank god. Thank god I was in the shower cuz <laughs> I'm so, so sweaty now. I
1: can't like write things, I write things out and then like read them. I feel stupid. Mm-hmm. I feel weird and awkward doing it, but I have
0: a hard time like reading things out. Loud. I did it first, but I had to get used to it because if I'm going to fucking talk about Deleuze, yeah. Like I can't I cannot be trusted to take that right out of my brain. I have to read about it and it makes me feel more comfortable to have the words there to reference
1: yeah.
0: um, than to try to remember what the fuck the lose is talking about. I mean,
1: that's fair. Um,
0: that's, I don't have to describe that. So yeah. that's fair. That's my, my dirty secret. Uh, next time we are going to be doing Constantine and Constantine because I deserve a little treat. Uh, I hope you're is ready. It a treat
1: at this point though, with the, that show.
0: Listen, it's a bad show. But, but Matt Ryan is perfect casting and I, I like to look at him. So it's fair. So you know what? It is what it is.
1: I think that the biggest downfall of all of the Constantine's is that Kaz is not Chaz. Kaz is not hotter. Chaz. Chaz is not hotter.
0: I mean, I think that's true to the comics. He, he I looks don't, yeah, but he I looks don't like care. a dad. I just still want him to be hot. I mean, that's fair. Um, I need, I just, I just want it yeah I think that's fair. I if think they're gonna
1: take other things out and change other things, they could at least give me this
0: yeah hot hot justice for hot chaz yeah yeah um, everyone else and it's hot that's true. I wish the show would not be a coward and let John and Chaz kiss each other. They I want wish to. the show would not be coward, period yeah, I think that's a, <laughs> that's fair uh we'll talk more about that in our upcoming episode. I hope you're ready for some spice. I'll let you divine what I mean by that. Is it spicy opinions? Is it spiciness? It's probably both. Is it a little bit of both? Perhaps. Only time will tell. Uh, Next, after that, we're going to be doing skins. Okay, full disclosure here. The goal was to do all of the seasons of skins plus skins U.S. I'm a little afraid of my ability to get all of that done, so we might be cutting the U.S. skins. I think that's fair. Uh, I cleared it. It's not as good. My husband commissioned the episode and i said if we can't do the u.s is that okay and he said god yes so it just depends on how much i get through we might not be doing the u.s version i think the u.s one to say is less authentic yeah <laughs> i in. i would be interested to watch it and compare and see what yeah. works versus what doesn't but it's just a matter of uh that's a lot of fucking tv yeah it's a lot of fucking tv A lot of fucking and a lot of TV. It's true. Uh, After that, we'll be doing the Fruits Basket manga. Again, it's really long. I hope we can get to it. Maybe we'll have to push it back. We might have to push it back and maybe we'll put Eclipse in front of it because that's only one book as opposed to 35 volumes or whatever. We'll see. We'll keep you updated. We have to put ourselves first. Yeah, that's right. Uh, After that, Fruits Basket anime and then Eclipse or Eclipse before those things. We'll find out. We don't know. We don't know anything. Head empty. Head empty here. This is, I I mean, I've got nothing in this. I'm floating free in this episode. Yeah. I have no script. This is why I'm missing you. This is why I script. (laughs) Because otherwise I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, (sighs) goodbye. (laughs) I'm not even going to say anything. I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) This is the one time. Goodbye. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity, and it was not meant that we should voyage far. And yet here we are, in defiance of Lovecraft, laughing through the darkness. The Lovely Craftians is an all-ladies Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast with horror, humor, and no small amount of chaos set in an occasionally familiar modern-day Chicago. Brought to you by Wampus House Productions and the Penwich Studio Network, You can find The Lovelies on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcatcher, or anytime over at lovelycraftians.com. And remember, you never roll sanity alone here.